This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Man, what, uh, nobody told me about plantation. You know, I didn't get the memo. You guys underspoke what an amazing church this is. Uh, let's be honest. I, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and listen, you know, I mean, every church has its challenges. You know, every church has areas of which it needs to grow. But I'm just telling y'all this. Can I tell y'all a secret real, real talk? Like, I, I, I get a chance to travel a lot. And, um, yeah, y'all, y'all are blessed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and whatever you're complaining about, trust me, there is a church worse than whatever you think is bad here. <laughs> and we call those first world problems. Like I was standing in the back. I was like, they got four cameras. <laughs> it's the little things like, you know, <clears throat> I said, they got an all-male praise team that can sing. Some of you guys got attitude. I can see your face. There's nothing I can say that's going to help you. But for those of you who are glad to be in the house of the Lord here today and are grateful, would you say amen? All right. Man, I grew up in a church where uh, you didn't have all this over here. <laughs> oh, man, there's just, a, honestly, there's a freedom I feel that's here. Yeah. yeah. And I know that's relative, but trust me when I tell you that God is here. Who believes that? Huh? You believe that? Say. I just want to say thank you to the pastor of this church uh, for allowing me to be in his pulpit. And I want to say thank you to Hugh and the men's ministry team here at Plantation. Come on, say amen. Now, y'all can't complain about men and then simultaneously, like, be quiet when I talk about a great job that the men have done in doing, they're trying. I said they're trying. <laughs> so let's praise the Lord for the brothers here at Plantation in the men's ministry. <clears throat> Amen. So, I mean, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. I'm, you know, I'm not the kind of man. I, so let me say it like this. I believe in equality. I believe that from the word. I pastor at a church where my associate pastor is a woman. That does not change anything to me about the necessity for us to bring transformation and healing to men. It's a priority. It needs to be a priority. It needs to be, it needs to be, it needs to be something that we pay more attention to. One of the reasons why we know this is in this room right now, the top population of suicide, and not women, it's men. Right? If you look in this room right now, the endangered species in this country are brothers. Since I've been pastoring, the number one issue that comes to me from families is help me with my son, help me with my husband, help me with my father. I'm not saying the enemy is not attacking women. I think he is an equal opportunity devil. But there is something to the attack on men that's different. And one of the goals that we have, one of the reasons why we're here it's because we believe men have been socialized to do the very thing that is a detriment to their deliverance and salvation, which is to avoid getting help. 
I don't care what culture you are. You can be just as American as I am with your parents from the South, or you can be Caribbean or African. It doesn't matter. We have been, we have been socialized to not get help, to not ask for help, to be strong at all costs, and I don't see that in the Word of God. I don't see in the Word of God where culture tells men that they're supposed to be in silence, they're supposed to repress, suppress, and oppress other people because of their issues. I don't see it. I see a God that tells Paul that our strength is made perfect in, come on, do you know the word? In what? In weakness. <laughs> so one of the things that we're trying to do by example is to lead with vulnerability so that men can stop dying trying to be men. Does that make sense? Is that real? Is it real? It's real. All right, I got a word today and I want to get into it and I want to do it right now. If you weren't at first service, I'm sorry, y'all. We had a whole lot of fun there. I'm, I'm struggling to believe that we can have more fun in this service than we had at first service. But God is able, amen? amen. Woo, God is able. All right, we're going to go to the book of Genesis, <clears throat> Genesis 39. We're talking about Joseph. We talked about Joseph in the first service. You didn't hear the first service. This is literally the sequel to the first service. Genesis, the 39th chapter, and I want to look at several verses there. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation of the Bible. <clears throat> so if you have a smart device, smarter than you, which means you can find any book of the Bible, but you should not struggle to find Genesis, <laughs> right? All right, go to Genesis 39, and here's where we want to we won't talk just for a little bit today. Y'all mind if we get real today? <clears throat> you, you will forgive me if I am totally honest with you today? All right. All right. We'll see if I get an invitation back after this one. All right. Genesis 39, verse 1. The Bible says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, Traders, this is the New Living Translation, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was essentially the director of the royal police, the director of secret service, if you will. Verse 2, I love this. <clears throat> the Lord, come on, saints was with Joseph. Did you hear that? Now watch this. So he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Oh, this is about to get good, y'all. Verse 3, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Verse 4, <clears throat> this pleased Potiphar. So soon, Joseph got promoted, y'all. Joseph, he made Joseph his personal attendant or personal assistant. And he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Verse 5, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's house and property, the Lord began to bless. Somebody shout bless. bless. Ooh, I like that. I think they heard you, man of God. <laughs> began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished because Joseph was there. When you show up, do things get better? Do things prosper just because you're there? The Bible says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he did not worry about a thing. 
except what kind of food to eat. Now, I want y'all to see this shift that happens here in the Scripture. Are y'all reading? We're talking about the success of Joseph as a slave. Joseph has purchased property. He's a Hebrew living in a different country. The Bible says he was sold in slavery, but if you were here this morning, you know Joseph wasn't sold. Joseph was sent. Joseph ain't no victim. Joseph is not there because his brothers just hated him. We learned this morning that God used the dysfunction of his family to put him in position to be prime minister. He's not a victim. We don't feel sorry for Joseph because we know the rest of the story. But if we're real about it, Joseph had every reason not to prosper. He had every reason not to be successful. He's a slave. He has no power. He has no cachet. He barely knows the language. But the power of God is on him in such a way that whatever he touches. Man, don't you want that? Now, come on, talk to me now. I, I want that kind of anointing that my circumstances don't determine whether I'm successful or not. Oh, can I mess with y'all for a minute? We think success is based upon what people have, who people know, where people work, what, what kind of house they live in, what kind of car they drive, what kind of letters they have behind their names. And fellas, let me talk to you. We are especially driven by that. We are especially subject to that. And for any brother in here that is questioning or not whether he is or is not successful, any person who is, who is struggling with their current reality, I'm trying to tell you right now, your circumstances do not define whether you are prosperous. Somebody needs to declare right now, no matter what I got in my bank account, no matter who knows me, no matter what kind of uh, influence I have or don't have, if God is with me, <laughs> some of y'all are real hard on yourselves. Some of you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. Some of you feel like you have not yet arrived where you want to be. Some of you, like me, have made a bunch of dumb decisions. And you feel like those decisions have disqualified you from being where you want to be. But aren't you glad that God does not view success the way we view success? Here's how I know I'm successful. Has he left me? Has he forsaken you? Has he turned his back on you? Is he still with you? Will he ever leave you or forsake you? Then shout out loud, I am blessed. I am prosperous. And I am successful now. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Get off social media if you can't handle it. I just saw a study the other day that says the more we consume social media, the more our self-esteem goes down. Looking at people lying about their lives. Looking at people flossing, fake profile pictures. They don't even look like them in real life. And you feeling bad about yourself, not knowing what they're going through, not knowing what crosses that they're carrying, not knowing what struggles they have. Listen, baby, I don't want your life. God's given me a life, and the life God gave me is the life I'm supposed to have. Joseph was not sold. Joseph was sent. And when Joseph got in this predicament, I want you to think about this. I'm trying to set this up. How am I doing? Am I doing all right? I'm trying to set it up, right? So, so check this out now. Joseph is a slave 
and he is foreign. He ain't no immigrant. He was taken. He is in a totally different environment. Think about this. This Hebrew boy goes into this aristocrat's house and he can't be stopped. <laughs> you know folks were jealous of him. The Word of God says that his prosperity and his success, I love what Ellen White says. Ellen White says that his success was no result of a supernatural miracle, that his success was as a result of his industry. In other words, he just handled his business as if he were prime minister, even though he didn't know one day he would be prime minister. Do you realize that, that in just about 13 years, Potiphar would be bowing down to Joseph? But Joseph did not, hear me, Joseph did not allow the circumstances that he was in that were not favorable to him, that he didn't feel like he deserved to be in, in order, he did not allow that to define him. He did not accept slavery on him. He did not accept, he did, Joseph said, wherever I am, I'm going to prosper because I'm going to live with integrity. Joseph was blessed because Joseph was a man of integrity. And I want to talk about three levels of integrity. Is that all right? Because I want everybody in here for it to be said that everything you touch, everywhere you go, ah, the presence of God is just so on your life that you can't be stopped. How many want that? <laughs> that? That employers can't hold you back and haters can't hold you back. Generational curses can't keep you where you are. I mean, literally, hell will do everything and throw everything at you, but it will not be able to stop what God wants to do in your life, and you can do that and be in the worst predicament. Joseph is prospering at the lowest point of his life. Are y'all hearing me? I need to feel the energy in here right now. I, I, am I the only one excited about the fact that my circumstances do not, they, they cannot determine nor hinder what God wants to do in my life? It's not an excuse. So what's happening? Oh, we're going somewhere. The man has integrity of attitude. Write that down. Integrity of attitude. Come on in here. What did I say, everybody? Integrity of what? His, he could be trusted with his perspective. Most of us would have, forget Potiphar's wife, because we go in there in a minute, but forget her. You cannot be trusted to be underneath. You can't be trusted to struggle. We think the test first was Potiphar's wife. The test first came to see if Joseph could handle going from being the favorite son to being at the bottom. Some of us, our egos and our pride is so big that when God puts us in a low place, we can't be trusted with that low place because we feel like we always deserve better than where we are. That's why many of you should not, you should not be in a, a church office. I'm amazed, and I'm going to say this, that, and I'm talking to brothers right now. Brothers crave positional agency because so many of us are disrespected and have no respect outside in the world that we live in. And so for many of us, you see in a lot of our congregations and in our families that men feel the need to have the positional power, but lack real spiritual power. 
because you, you would not, you could not be trusted with low places. Joseph could be trusted as a slave Listen, if you see this story, you already know he's going to tell Potiphar's wife no. It, we should not even be shocked that when Potiphar's wife, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. I, you, we should not even be shocked that when Potiphar's wife clears the house, that's what the text says. By the way, the Bible says Joseph, the next verse says Joseph was well-built and handsome. Let the lady say amen. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now listen, this is what you call uh, the full package. <laughs> I mean, the brother's hardworking. Uh, brethren, just pretend like you're not here for a second. Let me just talk to the ladies. Ladies, the man is hardworking. Amen? He can be trusted. A uh, man of integrity. Um, and, and loves the Lord, good worker, but that's not all. I mean, if he had that, that would be all right. But on top of that, the Bible says, oh, y'all not, y'all, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, no, 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 I, I'm not putting no sauce on this. When the Bible says that the man was well-built and handsome, sisters, we are talking about a man well-proportioned in every area that matters the most. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying to find the most spiritual way to say this while maintaining my own heterosexuality. But the fact of the matter is, is Joseph was fine. I can see Joseph cleaning up manure and the way he does it. <laughs> Pectoral muscles are responding. Come on, somebody. Calf muscles are responding. His skin glistening with the sweat and the sun of the Egyptian sky. He talks in a way. I mean, righteousness is sexy. <laughs> oh, shucks. Can I get a witness in here? Brother, brother, brother talking about, man, my wife, you know, uh, you know, we, and, and you know, we, my wife, you know, we, we used to, when we first got married, you know, there was great rejoicing in the bedroom and things have fallen off and, but bro, you're working all the time. You're not righteous. Get, oh, it's quiet in here. <laughs> you think I'm playing. Get righteous and you get real attractive. So that not only righteous women notice it, but also wicked folks notice it. Joseph is straight up handling his business. He's minding his business and handling his business. And when God is at work in your life like that, what happens is, is people take notice. And it wasn't Potiphar's wife that noticed first. Potiphar had to acknowledge that, look, I'm not even supposed to do this. I'm going to break some rules. This dude is a foreigner, but I'm going to promote him over everybody else who's been in my house. Tell me Joseph didn't have haters. Can you imagine when Joseph got promoted to personal assistant as an attache to the FBI of Egypt? He is now in strategy meetings with the Joint Chief of Staff 
He is in meetings and in discussions. He is carrying correspondence that has a direct effect on the nation. And he literally went from slave to power. And the Bible says that Potiphar is so impressed with him, he broke Egyptian rules and says, I know you're not from here, but, but I trust you with everything. Can God bless us like that if he can't trust us? Let me say something. This is not going to be popular. And it's not going to sound very Adventist. That's why I'm saying that. Somebody said that's good. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Prosperity preaches. Did you hear what I just said? I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm saying success, holistic success, men winning in every, ma- every area of your life preaches. I ain't just talking about your job. I'm talking about your relationships with wife, with children, how you conduct yourself when you are not in charge. Your character preaches to people, and people are always watching you. Isn't it interesting that, that Joseph's promotion was based on Potiphar seeing him successful in small areas? So if you do small, big, then God will do big things like they're small in your life. He's just blessed. And when you are blessed like that, a test is coming. Hello, Joseph. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine, Sister Potiphar. All is well. Boys, boys, about his business. He ain't thinking about that. He's too young, and he's in pain. Honestly, if there was anybody that, you know, had a reason to slip up, it would be a kid whose parent, whose, whose brother sold him into slavery. He in a different country. Ain't nobody watching him. There ain't no Adventists around. Like, he on, he's like, he on, he, on the, he on the college campus, and he like, he free. I got to show you something, though. And she's seeing him. (sighs) Joseph, can you pick that up for me, please? Yes, yes, Sister Potiphar. Do it again. Okay. And then it gets real. The Bible says, and this is literally what happened, so if you want to be uncomfortable, then fine. It got to a place. Somebody said Bible study. She did. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, no, no, no. She, she, she was very forward. The Bible says the house was cleared. Wasn't nobody in there but Joseph. Joseph minding his own business. Listen, y'all. Fellas, listen to me. Anytime God starts blessing, expect Do you think it's strange that you are tempted to leave your wife right now? You think it's you think it's unusual that you have this overwhelming desire, you know, to to act out in ways that you have no business? You think the timing is by accident? House gets cleared. The Bible says she does there's no preliminaries. She said, Joseph, sleep with me now. Brothers and sisters, there are not many men in this house today (laughs) that will disagree with what I'm about to say. And I I will take all the criticism that will be given to me about anything that sounds racially insensitive or whatever. I have never seen an Egyptian, man or woman, That is unattractive. 
I have heard preachers preach this and say it wasn't about her looks. She was an older woman. No, brothers, brothers, brothers. In those days, you know, she was probably a young woman. Joseph's age, she was, she was there really for political purposes. It was probably arranged marriage. Maybe Potiphar was too busy, was never at home, and the marriage never. But, for what, but I, I can promise you this. She wasn't ugly. <laughs> Let's be real. This was a temptation. We preach this thing almost as if there was no struggle whatsoever. Think about this. Joseph is damned if he does. He's damned if he doesn't. If he tells her no, the potential for him dying is real. If he says yes, she controls him. Maybe there's the possibility of more promotion, more opportunities. This is a real temptation, and I want to bring us here right now because too often when we talk about sin, we talk about sin from the perspective of how bad it is. The consequences are bad, but sin would never be enticing to us if sin weren't somehow pleasurable. My brother, I'm trying to help you. You didn't fall just because you were dumb. You fell because the temptation that came at you was a temptation specifically designed by Satan, not only for you, but for your father, for your father's father, and for your father's father. It's in your genes. He has studied you. He knows you. He understands you. And the stuff that's coming at you is supposed to bring you down, but for the grace of God. Now, why am I saying that? I'm not trying to minimize sin. I just want us to be a little bit more compassionate when somebody messes up. Now, I want to ask a question. Has anybody in here ever messed up? Ever? Have you done anything wrong? Have you fallen into temptation once? I come in churches and it just doesn't feel like it. It feels like all of y'all got it together. Feels like all of you guys have just been studying your Sabbath school lesson and, 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 and drinking fake coffee. All of us are vegan. Nobody got pregnant out of wedlock. Nobody ever used porn or masturbated. Nobody ever cheated on their spouse. Nobody in here ever was in an abusive relationship. Nobody ever here did time in prison. Nobody ever got locked up. Nobody ever got drunk. Nobody ever got high. Nobody. I want to ask again, in plantation, are there any sinners in here? Anybody? Now, for those of you who are not at the first service, and I'm getting ready to end, it's important you understand how Joseph even got into Egypt. Joseph got into Egypt because of a sinful family. It was hatred and jealousy that got him sold in there, but even that God used. Y'all better hear me. Ah, I'm trying to tell you something. God will take even your mess ups. I'm standing here having been introduced by one of my best friends, and it makes me nervous. To, I mean, just I get full of emotion when I hear about the men in this church and how they have been impacted by my ministry when I was addicted to pornography as a pastor. So you can't lie to me and tell me that you don't know what it means to have to get on your face and cry out unto the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, forgive me of my sins. God, if you can use anything, can you still use me? Yeah. 
I've got to say this now. This is second service, so I got a little time. <laughs> One of the problems with our churches is just full of plastic people. They're, listen, hear me. Ask me. You want to ask me a question? Okay, here's the question you're going to ask me. Well, what, what, what's, what's wrong with the spirituality of men in our church? I, I'll tell you. And not just for the men in here, but the men out there do not want to come in our midst because they got too many issues. And it's not safe to come in churches because typically this is for good people. Y'all know who Joseph's brothers are? They are the children of Israel. Do you know that the foot, all the gates that are, have names in heaven and they are named after all of these scoundrels? In the chapter before this text, Judah, the Bible takes, take, I mean, just takes time out of Joseph's story and pauses in chapter 38 and says, well, hold on one second. Let me pause on Judah because I need these folks to understand that I'm working in the dysfunction. Let me talk about Judah through whom Christ came out of his bloodline. His name means praise the Lord. Uh, Judah, uh, he, he was, this brother was so twisted that he went looking for a prostitute to sleep with and didn't realize that he slept with his daughter-in-law. And the Bible puts this, God puts this stuff in Scripture so that every man, woman, boy, and girl, there's a reason why their guts are poured out, why their sins are exposed, why their poor decisions are revealed. It's done so that you and I would not give up and quit and think that we are the worst people on the planet because of things we've done if it had not been for the Lord. is in your Bible and you're putting and the disfellowship culture that has been in our churches over the years thank God we're getting rid of that thank God we're not putting people out of the church anymore for any and everything I actually really want any and everything it's only for sexual stuff you can be mean nasty run people out of the church Oh, come on, talk to me. The, the, I mean, you can be judgmental. The Bible says there are six things God hates, yea, seven. None of them have to do with sex. A haughty spirit, lying tongue, feet that are swift to mischief and evil. More of that stuff happens in board and business meetings than in bedrooms. We're so scared of sex to talk about it, and everybody likes it or has had it. <laughs> well, maybe not everybody. But we all the result of it. So Joseph carries the baggage. He carries the baggage, if you will, that would, that would lend itself to the excuses as to why he would mess up. But this is so beautiful, and I'm glad I'm going to end here. This is so beautiful. Oh, this is so beautiful. I, I want you to see this in the text. As to, and here's my question. How is it, listen, y'all, here it is. How is it that Joseph was able to get through this test Ended up in prison, but the prison was preparation for the palace. We ain't tripping on that. But my question is, is how does a young man in the prime of his manhood, alone, all of his piping and plumbing is working, his mind is working, on top of that, he's in pain. And I'll tell you, most men that struggle with sexual temptation, many of them are using that to self-medicate from pain. 
So he is perfectly set up to blow it. He is perfectly set up to fail. Watch how he gets out of this. Woo, this is good. Look at the text, y'all. Uh, put this up. I got one point and I got to go. Are y'all still with me? Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. Do you want to see this thing here? Watch this. This is a word from the Lord for somebody here. Woo! All right, uh, uh, go, 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 go now to verse uh, number six, 6B of the text. It says, Joseph was very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. Woo! And by the way, brethren, I know that you guys have planned and prepared a song, but I, I want you to sing something for me. What was that song we just sang? Who are you, Great Mountain? Yes, sir. Pray on it. Can I get a motion that they sing that song? Is it moved? Is there a second? All in favor, say aye. You'll pray for them? Work it out. Now, y'all, stay where you are. Are we still together? Yeah. Verse 8, you got to see this, y'all. But the Bible says, but Joseph refused. Watch this. He said, now watch this. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Verse 9, no one here has more authority than I do. Woo! He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Now, no, 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 watch, what, what, listen, listen, whoa, 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 whoa. I preached this for years, and the, and the point I would jump on was, how could I do this thing and sin against God? That we, we felt like that was his motivation. Ah, uh, do you know what Joseph was doing? I'm going to reenact this. Here is Potiphar's wife. She is probably half naked in lingerie made with Egyptian linen. I'm real. I'm just going to tell you. I want you to see it as it is. And she is hounding this boy. And notice what he does. The Bible says he refused. Uncle Clinton, you know how he did it? He started testifying. Are you hearing me? Look what he's doing. Here she is standing there. He said, God bless you, woman of God. God bless you. I appreciate you. Listen, let me tell you something right now. Can I tell you, now cover yourself up. Because you need to hear this. I need to tell you how good God has been to me. Do you realize, no, look at me when I'm talking to you. Do you realize that the only reason I'm standing here right now in the capacity that I'm in, after all that I've been through, I don't want to be here. I got taken from, I was one day, changed my life. But I need you to know why I can't do this. I can't do this because this doesn't fit my story. It doesn't fit. Here I was. God gave me a dream. I know that his hand is on my life. I'm not even sure what all the dream means, but I, I just have this sense that God wants to do something in my life. I don't know where it's going, but I, I know that. See, I know that. I also understand that I was not just sold into slavery, that God sent me here, and I'm here for a reason, and, 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 I, and I don't know why, but, but me sleeping with you doesn't fit the story that God is writing in my life. It doesn't fit. For many of us right now, let's frame this thing the way it should be. God has been too good for me to be caught up in foolishness. God has been too good for me to be a, a poor father, to be a bad husband after all that he's pulled you out of, after all that he set you free from, after the many times he forgave you over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And over.
over again. Grace and mercy, pardon for sin, and a peace that endureth. I mean, is there anybody here that looks over their life and says, it's not perfect, but it's been God's grace. And for me, to, 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 to turn my back on what God has done would not fit my story. It doesn't fit. So brothers, whatever you're in right now, and some of you are struggling, could be in the mind, in the flesh, in your relationships. I, I, came, I came to Fort Lauderdale, to Plantation, South Florida. I came down here to tell you that what the enemy is meaning for your destruction, God says, I want to turn it around. Whatever he's tempting you to do, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't fit where he's taking you. Do you realize in just a little while, promotion is coming, opportunities are coming, your deliverance is coming, but Satan doesn't want you to see that. He wants you to be so focused on your negative. He wants you to be so focused on what's wrong with you, what's wrong with your wife, what's wrong with your kids, what's wrong with yourself, that you miss the big picture. Whatever it is that devil is trying to do tell him right now I can't do it it doesn't fit survivors in here there's survivors in here you think you survived to be lukewarm you think you survived to, to, to not be full of the Holy Ghost you think you survived to have a bad relationship with your family, your children? You think you survived just to come in church each week, sit, leave, go home, and struggle? I didn't survive all I've been through just so that I can be a, just a, a form of myself. I came out of what I came out of because God has more for me. They're going to lead us in worship. And I want everybody on their feet right now because it's decision time. Brethren, go ahead, let the Lord lead you right now. Whatever he gives you, but your, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Because somebody here right now, as they're ministering to us in the spirit, needs to know that whatever it is, it doesn't fit what God wants to do. Your story is still being written. And it matters to God. And there is something beautiful that he is trying to bring out of it. And whatever it is that's trying to distract you and take your focus away from the things that matter the most, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Right where you stand. I want you to begin to just talk to the Lord right now about whatever it is in your life that is so easily besetting, that is a hindrance. That is a Potiphar's wife tempting you to walk away from destiny, from purpose, from the prosperity and success God has for you. I want you to give it to the Lord even now. Your hands are lifted into the air. Father, I pray that you take over this moment right now. Take over this moment right now. Take over this moment right now. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, man of God. Faithful God, oh, oh, oh. everybody sing He, He is my faithful. Sing it, father. sing it, sing it. Calling me out of the dark. Come on, saints, help them. I cannot whisper away what is said in the light. Oh, yes. Yeah. He is my firm foundation. Come on, sing it. My anchor won't be moved. Storms may collide, but my soul is on fire with this word. Come on, let's raise the roof in this place. We'll listen to We'll listen to the sound. Come on, praise him. Power on my lips. 
Now move, move, even now. Move, move, even now. Move in the name of Jesus. Move in the name of Jesus. Move. You want him to take full control. Every man, every man right now. You want him to take over your story. Yes, Lord. He's never lost. He's never lost the battle. Take it, take it, take it. Yes, sir. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on, my brother. Your family needs you. You need this. Move right now and tell God, take over my story. Take over my family. Take over my business. Take over my life. Give me the victory even now. Move, my brother. Let worship just fill this place right now. My brother, you see what Joseph did was all Joseph could think was the goodness of God. Your greatest weapon to temptation, your greatest weapon to the threat of being distracted. Your greatest weapon against your own struggles is to look over your life and make sense of it by saying, man, God has been good to me. God has been good to me. I've not been good to God, but God has been so good to me. Let the worship of men that have known that God is good rise up. Open up your mouth and give them a praise. And he's never lost a battle. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you've lost a battle. Guess what? 
God says, I take charge of your life. And now, whatever you have done, guess what? You get credit for what I have done. And I no longer look at your faults, but instead, I look at you in the place of my son. And I see our resurrection. I see deliverance. I see ministry. I see healing. I see restoration. I see power. I see authority. I see addictions being broken and chains being broken. I see it in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, are there any praying people in here right now that say it ends today, it stops today? In the name of Jesus, that's not my story. My story is one of deliverance, of victory, my great defender. Just because you lost doesn't mean he lost. Hey! Is there another brother? Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Is there another brother that just needs to slip out of his seat just as an act of declaration saying, take over, take over. Take over my business, take over my finances, take over the stress, take over the pressure, take over this issue that I got in front of me. I don't see any way out that I've been trying to fix. God, will you not speak to this mountain and tell the mountain to be moved? God, I'm coming to you. Oh, what will happen when men begin to pray? Oh, what will happen when men don't just pray, but cry out unto the Lord? And so what I want to do right now in this moment, I want every man in this place, don't worry, God will never be confused by our prayers. He hears the prayers of everyone at the same time. I want every man right now to begin to cry out on your behalf to cry out on behalf of your family, to cry out on behalf of your situation. On the count of three, I want you to open up your mouth and begin to talk to the Lord. And, and let's get real in here. And, and let's ask God to start moving in situations where we need him to move. We don't just want to come here, hear a sermon, and say we liked it and we left. No, how about connecting and encountering your God right now and coming boldly before his throne of grace and asking him for big things in your life? One all over this house women children anybody that knows how to pray let's lift this roof with intercession on behalf of men and men on behalf of their families and their lives two three let's pray call on him right now openly call on him call on him call on him call on him right now call on him who is he to you make him big in your mind minimize your problem and make your God big Ask him and you will receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Talk to your God right now. He said, you have not because you ask not. If you ask me, for, if you ask me I'll do it. Pray for that child. Pray for the spouse. Pray for that impossible situation. Somebody needs a financial blessing. Claim it right now in the name of Jesus and then wait on God to perform it. Employment, whatever it is, I want you to make, draw a line in the sand right now and say, I'm going to give my mountain to God. A struggle, an addiction, a sin that so easily besets. It ain't your story. Give it to him. Sound power on my lips. Jesus broke in the curse. He has never lost a battle. Who are you, great mountain? Ah, yes. You should not bow. It has to, it has to. Jesus is ruled in the goodness. He has never lost a battle. It's about the eyes are close. Even in this moment right now. How many of you like Joseph? Look over your life. And surely you see mistakes and failures and 
brokenness and dysfunction. But how many of you can look over your life like Joseph and say, but in spite of that, God has been good. Is there, is there brothers in here who can say, listen, God has been better to me than I've been obedient. I just see, how many, how many men here just see God's hand all over your life? You just, in spite of yourself, some of you should be dead right now. Dead, imprisoned, incarcerated, sick, lost, and he found you. At the bottom, he came and got you. And it just wouldn't make sense. It just wouldn't make sense to do anything but serve him. Is there a man, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Is there a man in this house that needs to be baptized or rebaptized? This is nobody else's business. You'll just simply slip your hand in the air as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. I need praying church. But if there was a man in this house and you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit saying it's time for a fresh start, it's time to come to Jesus, it's time to say yes, it's time to stop trying to do it on my own, in my own strength, in my own works, I I need to be weak before him so that his strength can be made perfect in my weakness. I I need a shift in my life. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. If there's a brother in this house right now, I see one. God bless you. Is there another brother that just wants to slip their hand? Young man, middle-aged man, older man that just says, I feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. I feel a new birth. I feel a fresh start in my life. Just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see your hand, brother. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand in the back, brother. God bless you. Is there another? Is there another? What do we come here for today except to see God's transformation and his deliverance? That's why I came. I don't know about you. The food can wait, but is there a man that needs deliverance? He should lift up his hand in the air and say, yes, Lord, I will follow you all the way. God bless you. I see your hand. Is there another? I see your hand, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Ten. I see your hand. Nine. God bless you, young man. Eight. Lift your hands right now. Where are the men of God at? That's going to make the devil a liar. I see your hand in the media booth. God bless you. I see your hand, young man. God bless you. I see your hand in the back. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so in here. Uh, Whom he has delivered from the hand of the enemy. Let God's people rejoice. Five. Four. Is there another man? Raise your hand. Three. Lift your hand right now. If you raised your hand, Don't anybody move except these brothers. If you raise your hand, you come here right now. You come stand right here in this front. Move right now. Come, come. Where are the elders? Where are the the elders? Elders, come. Come and get these brothers. Come. And as they're coming, I want us to, uh, this place to erupt as if these brothers have won the Super Bowl. Come on in here. Where are you? Move right now. Don't be ashamed. Come on, come on in here. Come on in and support them. Come on and affirm them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Come, come. Is there another? Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that. Somebody let out a praise in here. Come on, let out a praise in here. He's never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, we want to thank you. 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 We want to praise you. We want to give you the glory that you put Edmonds aside today and that you said I've got plans for some men in the house today and you invaded our worship today and you spoke to the hearts of men today and families today let the name of the Lord be praised and exalted in this place on today thank you God that your arm is not too short and your ear is not deaf that you cannot hear the cries of your people 
every single brother that came here today God we pray a prayer of anointing on them right now touch their lives the enemy is angry because he had them and now God grabbed them but I hear the Lord saying no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against them in judgment shall be condemned greater is he that is in these men of God than he that is in the world seal their decisions Lord God and when they fall help them to remember that a righteous man falls seven times but he keeps on getting up In the precious name of Jesus, we do pray. And those that believe God, answer the prayer, said amen. 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 And amen. You may return to your seats. As you return to your seats, let's praise the Lord. Gentlemen, you remain here. The elders will assist you if you'll follow these elders as they will walk with you. Let's praise the Lord for the decisions that the Lord has given us today. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.